9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Go Plug Yourself podcast. On this week's episode, Chris Bendito and I sat down with Yannick Belzil and Alex Rose, who are podcasters themselves. Uh, they do a podcast called Les Voyeurs de Vue, which is a French language podcast where they watch movies a lot, so many movies. Uh, you might also know Alex Rose as uh, the, for his film reviews and Cult Montreal, and you might know Yannick Belzil for his work on his old podcast, Robiard, or you might know him as the uh, narrative director for uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, which was a game that recently came out that everybody loved. Uh, it's a great chat. We talk, obviously, Ninja Turtles, movies, uh, all sorts of just, you know, stuff. It's a podcast. You, this, you know what we're doing here. Uh, sit back, relax, and go plug yourself. Two, one, hit it. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. about this i biked for 45 minutes from uh-huh. Hoshalaga thinking about only this on the one line again and again <laughs> the one line so i will to figure out which song what came after it and what like fucking what I, I, I can't i know the beastie boys pretty well and i can't yeah, i don't know what it i know is. we were talking a little bit in the pre-interview about the mario movie but sarah yes. uh sings the bowser peaches song most mornings we haven't seen the movie yet but she just she sings the Jack Black Peaches song. It's it's really strong. It's a it's a it's an earworm. Yeah. Oh, it's from Paul Revere. That makes that sense. So yeah, early, early, early on. Uh, Chris Vendito. What's up, buddy? Stepping in as a co-host. How you doing, bud? You know, I mean, what was Walter busy? What was Walter busy? You Walter doesn't do this. Walter is not a co-host of this. He has a Legends contract. The Go Plug Yourself Legends contract. Do I have a? Le- I was there on the first fifty you're, episodes. Uh, right? You're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're interesting. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had. I'm sure we could talk about this once every ten years. But I used to have a podcast, a, a movie podcast, and we recorded. <laughs> this will Keith be about you, Yannick, in the future. At Keith's <laughs> old, <laughs> yeah, and Yannick too is, has been. Uh, he's once on uh, yeah. one of the rare live. Yeah, podcasts. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's my third appearance, uh, appearance in yeah. this oh, year podcast. So. Yeah, you've done it once in person, once live, and now. That's uh, that's another yeah. thing I was thinking about on my way here. Is like I've known Keith a very long time, but I've hung out with him maybe once that we wasn't recorded. <laughs> so like you can kind of we like to we like to record our hangouts, no, but we see each other I think at Fantasia also we were used to and then we would tape a podcast about then we tape Fantasia. a podcast sometimes about <laughs> Fantasia yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes yeah like uh, anyway I was just thinking about that we, we we did record one of my dead pod why does it exist my dead podcast yeah it's been dead for ten years but at your old apartment in NDG and right. it, it's it be, we bl- like blacked out the original we studio at least two of us blacked out yeah it was we got. <laughs> Very wasted and watched the. You'll enjoy this, Chris. The movie where Triple, Triple H, H is chaperone. Like the chaperone. Where the the WWE Studios chaperone film. We decided to record two podcasts. Like we think we did a Go Plug Yourself with Alex, watched Chaperone, and then recorded Alex's yes, podcast. Yeah. And we were just drinking steadily. People are saying that Throughout. a lot of Oscar snubs in that movie. Hmm. Obviously for Triple H, but then obviously Best Original Screenplay and Score, Winter score is in Cinematography was, oh, was A. Oh, the, the girl is Ariel Winter from... My, but I think at the time she was not. Like, 
We couldn't have mentioned that because it wasn't true yet. Yeah, it only Modern <laughs> Family had come out. But also, speaking of 10 years, I was saying Trobiard uh, um, had the good sense that this podcast didn't. Yes. And you guys called it at basically almost exactly 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started January 2012 and you ended late 2022. Exactly, something like that. We uh, started in, yeah, late. Uh, we started in the autumn and we decided that uh, as, the f- uh, as the leaves uh, fall, uh, so should our podcast and we ended it. That was 500-something episodes? Yeah, that was a lot. That's, That's a, a lot. lot. And it feels, it was only last uh, fall, but it feels like three years ago. The, because I was doing all the, the, the tech and the editing and the uh, uploading for the podcast. And now that it's, I haven't had to do it for months and months and months, I feel like, wow. It's like I have all this free time. Yeah, it's great. All <laughs> my Sundays are free now. That's wonderful. But yeah, it was a great run. We had a lot of fun. How many episodes have you done in virtually the same amount of time? Uh, on this show? Yeah. Uh, this show's at 276. Slacking. But we alternate with the other show, which is at 280. Nobody something. cares about the other so show. Wow. So it is actually like Nobody cares about the other show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the money show. This is the flagship know, this show is of the, the fucking studio. Sh- yeah. We get no respect. We keep telling Stella to give us our money, That's and right. they won't do it. You and I blame you. Stella Artois as the, as the sponsor yet. So I thought Stella, like the, uh, the organization Stella! that helps, like... Uh, Sex workers, you know. Oh. Like that's <laughs> what you thought. I was like, "That's weird that you're asking money from." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where your head went. That's where your head went. Yeah, yeah. not the beer. Yeah. No, <laughs> I guess no. I was always. We almost had. Uh, we almost had a PBR sponsorship. That mm. I that like, but like it wasn't really a sponsorship. It was just like they were like, "Oh, if you mention PBR, we'll give you free beer." And I was like, "I don't like PBR <laughs> that much to have like to have more PBR than I want to drink accessible to me." I was like. No, that's dumb. What seems a, like what a, a fake what problem a, to me. Yeah, what a hoity-toity problem. Yes. Fucking problem. Are you right? get so sick of it. Who cares? It's the fact that we got it all for free. It's for the <laughs> picture, you doofus. Uh, you're gonna put it in your cottage. Fuck no. I was like, I don't want your free beer. I was like, any amount, any amount of money plus free beer, I would have been down. This is a thing any amount of money. <laughs> we're talking about te- like ten years ago. Keith from 10 years ago would never have said, I don't no, want give your me the free, free beer. beer. Yeah. He never would have said, I don't want your free beer. You changed, man. I would not have accepted that kind of talk. No. <laughs> Certainly not if I was manning the recording equipment. You know, I don't know about yeah. Crazy. Shut it off. Oh, my God. So, boys, uh, what's, the, what's the podcast landscape like today compared to when you were first starting it out? I feel like it's better, th- better for Franco's. I always have said this. I've said I it mean, to you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. You took your show. Everything, and everything in this province is better it. for Franco's yeah. and entertainment. But they could tour it. They could tour the guys, podcast. I keep telling you people, every time we talk about French artists in this, in this province, they love the, it's like, their own world. Yeah, I know. We're yeah, a small true. part of this big pond and that is predominantly closed off into this culture. And But I feel that their fans also What are you surprised about? I'm... Not, I don't think I'm surprised anyway. Kill Tony, Kill Tony travels all of Texas. I'm going to slam Anglos now. I was like, but I feel that they also, like, I feel that if, like, the Francophone population of Quebec, when they become a fan of something, they're more likely to support it. I think you, Chris Vendito, as a working stand-up comedian, have a bunch of fans that, like, do not come out and support you the way that they should. People are like, I like him. He's a great comic. Whatever. Where were you at my last show? Like I, I mean, I sell out, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. That's facts. I move, I move, exactly. I move tickets, bro. I, get, I get paid for this. Puts butts in seats. No, but, but you know what I'm but saying. But I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. I also think I've I've said this before. With how like Anglo comics that want to 
or Anglo performers, entertainers that always want to go into the French mm-hmm. sphere and yeah. they talk about how easy it is, yes. must annoy the Mike shit Patterson out of you. Yes, Big Mike. Mike Patterson specifically, <laughs> but, I mean, but also more more recently we have China Wintour, who was... Uh, yes, yeah. Was yeah, yeah. The, 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 J.C. Surrett, when he started, he was in English, and yeah. now he's uh, all French. China Wintour works in French now, was yeah, she's great. Big Brother celebrity and whatever. Like, well, she does I'm great. Not, she, like, not discounting any of their greatness, but yeah. when people say it's easy to do... The work in that in that field in French does it annoy you? Because it would annoy me. Because I bet it's not it's <laughs> not as easy you. as no, just it, it, going. And say, it's not bonjour. easy. There's work. To, I, and I'm, I say this as not <laughs> a comedian. Like I did, you know, like eight open mics. I did it here at Grumpy's one time. Okay. Um, but I'm not a well, comedian. another Grumpy's luminary. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not a comedian, but uh, I think you have to put in the work. There's a lot more work there for the taking. I think is what it is. You know, there's a well, lot even more. Even in podcasting, you're saying. No, I mean, as a comedian. Oh, as a comedian. A- as a podcaster, I mean, honestly, we're not known really. I'm known at, to Anglo's, so I have a French podcast. So, whatever like uh, star power I have as a writer does not translate to my podcast. You're saying that the, the listeners of your movie podcast don't read your English reviews in Call Montreal? Few do. I think a few do, but <laughs> like I've had a few people talk to me about it, but I think. For all intents and purposes, like it's not, there's no crossover. There's no crossover. You're not so bringing that cult Montreal. Exactly. Listenership. Th- that is the thing about Montreal, though. We'd be surprised in all our mediums who our fans are. I think mm-hmm. because Montreal has such an eclectic taste in terms of where they get the entertainment from. Mm. I've always said this: we're like a Montreal Canadiens town, and then everything else is fair game. <laughs> Sports, entertainment, music—it's all kind of fair game. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, like, you would—I'm sure people would are, li- are living in the suburbs who listen to your podcast religiously. I think so, yeah. And oh. then there's <laughs> and then there's people who you would think would be your ideal target audiences. Yeah, that we used to like, go like many of my friends who are like, oh, I didn't know you have a podcast. Never had a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I talk to you about it every single fucking week, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I, I didn't know. Like Except they're they're already at 150 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the thing that ha- that happened with the podcast and landscape, uh, especially like in French, is that. Uh, for years, when we were first started uh, Trois Bières, like we, uh, we and my uh, co-host Pierre Luc and uh, Gabriel, we were all like comedy oriented, but they were actually they. Uh, uh, Gabriel was already a stand-up, and uh, Pierre Luc uh, became a stand-up uh, himself, and we would uh, have a, a lot of comics comics as guests. And one thing we would say like. Uh, podcasting is sort of the new comedy album. Like you don't need, like it gets out there to someone who might not have seen you tour yet, and that's how they'll get to right. know you. You're saying the Chris sells out because of this podcast. This man talk is fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was that was something that we we would tell people. And uh, for a while, like in the comedy community, there were no podcasts. There was like the Mike Wards and yeah. uh, that. A couple others, but that was it. It's only once, like we uh, tried, we really complained to uh, the uh, sort of the main comedy union that there should be a podcast category at uh, Les Oliviers, which is the main big francophone mm-hmm. uh, uh, comedy uh, award show. Like, and we got nominated for uh, a couple of times, uh, three times uh, in the first year, and once that ex- started to exist, like now suddenly comics were like oh i need to have a podcast as well so ever since then uh uh more known more star power uh comedy podcasts have mushroomed all over the place and they sort of pushed out 
what used to be a more DIY scene yeah, of uh, yeah. comics and comedy uh, uh, in podcasting. Because, but on the other end, it gave it also a greater reach that it could never have. But then you could have a show uh, where there are two really well-known people who would talk for an hour and a half. So the most of the mainstream audience was like, I can't believe I'm hearing these people talk for one hour and a half and I'm getting to really know right, them. Right, because usually it would cost you like $80 to go see them at this yeah. Saint-Denis or whatever, yeah. you know, like, and so now it's free So it in your phone. It became like a big outreach thing, but for like the the, the, the early adopters like us, like they, uh, we, we, we got like mushroomed out of it. Like The crazy thing about what you just said too for me is that you mentioned the Gala Olivier. Yeah. That only exists in French. Yeah, yeah. There is no English uh, Quebec equivalency. <laughs> no, no. There's no yeah. English equivalent in the fu- in North America. In, in yeah, uh, yeah. North there America. is there is in Britain. There's comedy awards that are popular in Britain that get televised regionally. Yeah, sure. There's nothing like. There's like, nothing in the states. We don't give a stand up. Like you can be comedians. Like Dane Cook does. Get it on network television because there's network television in Quebec. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's on. I guess cover you, to cover you, can get an, you can get an Emmy, I think, right? Like stand-up specials can That's get Emmys. That's not Emmys. the same. Uh, no, I know, but I think I'm just trying to think of like an award that a, a stand-up Juno can get. In Canada, too, you can get a yes, Juno. Yeah, it's true. But not a whole gala dedicated to yeah, comedy. Yeah, no, there's, there's no, there's no dedicated award. But I'm even thinking like, what, what, what award can a like a North American stand-up even aspire to? The same awards that we the give s- out JFL. The they have awards for specific numbers. They have awards for your special. They have awards for. Newcomer yes, radio newcomer, capsule, yeah, newcomer yeah. of the year, podcasts, uh, yeah, yeah. A sh- television short, uh, online shorts, yeah. no, all saying, of that. I'm yeah, agree- but that I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, w- but like for English, like English comedy, I don't think that, like you said, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And I, I mean, I'm sure there's some variation of the comedy store that does it online mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Super cool. Yeah, or or something that like Rogan's gonna do in Texas. Online, but that isn't—it's not the same but as. Uh, yeah, it's not the same. There's the prestige is missing. Yeah, but that links back to something you said earlier that um, maybe the the, the, the French uh, audience is really more into their artists. Like they have more of an they have more of an ownership, and at the same time they're like, uh, they have more of an ownership, and therefore there's also the desire of say, of saying like, hey. We exist. That thing is just as important, glamorous than the thing you see over there in the states or yeah. at the Juno Awards, yeah. and that's why it exists. And it's an insanely small market, but it's a market that reaches everyone. Huge, in, in yeah. the sense that, like you know, if you're an in- Anglo comedian from Montreal, you're competing with every other Anglo comedian. But if you're a Quebecois comedian, only people who live within a like a hundred kilometer you're radius just competing of you with credit, yeah. is who you're competing with, and so people like where I'm from, Saguenay, like in a like a sort of like a, a region, like further away from the centers, people see people that I know personally and that I talk to as uh, stars, like as like celebrities, but they're not. Like they don't make any more money than I do, like having an office job, but. They're, sometimes they're on TV, so ob- automatically you become they're a celebrity. Yep. And so it's like you—it's—it's it's this thing where it creates this very small, insular to some extent, in the sense that like n- in France, no one cares. No, like anyone else who speaks French will not go and seek out. Quebec it's unique comedy. to this market. Yeah, yeah. There's in all of the market. I feel like there's two handfuls of comedians that can go across. 
French-speaking uh, audiences, uh, whether it's in uh, the rest of Canada or, let's say, some parts of Africa in France or wherever there are. Like, a, ho a couple of them can, but otherwise it really doesn't happen. And also, the like... Sugar... He, well, yeah, well, well sugar, yeah, like, sugar is... Semi, sugar, uh, and he's, he's a, like a quadruple shrimp. Yeah, there's, like, a steep drop-off after that in terms of the bilingual guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then everyone's trying it nowadays. Yeah. And, and and some of it's not great. Some of it's, like, kind of insulting to the audience a bit, where it's, like, I'm going to just directly translate my jokes mm -hmm. in English to French, and I'm just going to make sure I say the words, and I'm going to just get by on the crowd wanting to feel nice mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sugar Sammy also had, like, so I remember uh, when I moved to Montreal in 2004, he used to do shows at the CAF at Vanier College yep. where I went. And so he had a very keen understanding very early on about... Different cultures. Um, yeah, different cultures and, and speaking from his perspective to a, uh, a crowd that he knew was always going to be different. The, mar the makeup of the crowd was never yep. going to be the same. And so he was very smart about that. And that's very hard, I think, for any, like, white francophone Quebecois person to do. So you lose, you know, even every anyone from, you know, west of Decary <laughs> is not going to listen to fucking Louis-José Hood. But it doesn't matter. You don't even need anyone west of Decary because to listen to you. Because you don't even need Decary. Because the, the rest of the province exists. Yeah, yeah. and there's <laughs> it's know, like the rest of the province is filled with the, uh, with with theaters who are hungry for programming, and they yeah. they yeah, because like you guys, when you guys were doing twelve, yeah, like you yeah. would go to the festival. I, 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 I'm saying yeah. the middle of nowhere, but like like small Quebecois. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like half an hour away, but it seems like the middle. Yeah, of exactly. Nowhere. But yeah. you're like somewhere from like Montreal. You're like, what's, yeah. what is where are you going? But you're like, oh yeah, it's, there's a theater in town. Yeah. I could book a show. They're excited to come out. Hey, we exactly. sold out a theater in the middle, not say the middle of nowhere, well, but a small town. That's like. something that we, we got to in, in, in smaller rooms, but for like uh, uh, bigger, bigger comics who are in the uh, scheme of things still smaller, they can fill different... Uh, they can fill all these all these places that are hungry for uh, performers. Yeah. Because they don't all get like uh, uh, They all don't all get plays or singers. But that's why also also the singing wise, there's a lot of touring as well in Quebec. Yeah. So yeah, there's and, and it is a thing like uh, my own parents or uh, anyone else's parents who live away from you know Montreal or Quebec City. Let's say they'll go because there's comedy at the place where there's comedy yeah you know and it's not a comedy club there won't be a comedy club in Arvida or I don't care where I'm from but there'll be like some some comedian and they go and they're like you know it was pretty good it was all right you know yeah and it's like this guy sells out theaters across the province you know uh, and so, like does so he have fans or does he just go where he the has fans are. it's both yeah, but I know, but, it's, but it is like it's a bit but of But that's like, how you yeah. get fans, by people who just kind of go in there and go like, this is the thing that's happening today yeah. in my town. Yeah. And well, this like is a thing that is kind of, I think, missing. We never. Do you ever go to something because it's close to where you live? Like, no. Exactly. <laughs> and I was saying, but the I city, though. No, but the I think... City, city lights are different, but, though. But no, but I, I will tell you, but I was just saying, but I also do think there's like a bit of like an Anglo vibe because like I know where we have the cabin up in La Minerve, there, that's like... 45 minutes north of Trambla. If there is it's a pretty far. I mean, that was pretty far. Yeah, yeah. If there is a <laughs> if there is a band playing, yeah, people come out. Yeah. But like my parents were never like, I mean, we're gonna head into town, even though mm -hmm. like like the town of Laminaire was about a 10 minute drive but from where our cabin is. But a lot of people, like 
I feel that like the, the Franco community was just like, oh, there's a band on a Saturday. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I, my I've parents never had that Have you reaction. ever been to a barn dance? I have in, in, yeah. in Knowlton. Yeah, that's okay. So I went to uh, <laughs> my ex-girlfriend's dad lives in Stansted, which is right on the border. Mm-hmm. And we went to visit, and so and they were like, oh, "We're going to the dance." And I went to a fucking barn, <laughs> and there was seven hundred people or whatever the fuck yeah. dancing in, in a rapid circle that was going like ninety miles an hour to some country band, some like like farm worker guys who yeah, had yeah, a yeah. band. And I was like, in Montreal, you would never fill this kind of space. Yeah, imagine putting like like seven. You can't put seven hundred people into like a venue for like a. A band you've heard of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, like and these are just some guys, you know, that you know from work, that you're a truck driver, and this guy, he's doing, like, fucking, like, you know, Garth Brooks covers, <laughs> and you're going, ape shit, you're going fucking wild, you're busting it's, your head through you're windows. You're describing something that my dad was fucking love. There was two, <laughs> two separate ambulances came and got someone on that barn dance. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. party didn't stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, you know, the idea, like, oh, I moved to Montreal because I have access to all this culture. And it's, it's like too much culture, so you end up then going, I'll, then I'll sit at home you, end up going to, you end up going to a restaurant on a Friday night, and that's it. Yeah. Most of the people in Montreal have always something different to do. Yeah. There's always something else to do. I go to I go to places like North Hatley. I, I sell up my show yeah, in an hour because I'm selling 100 tickets, whereas I, I can't sell 10 tickets on a Friday right, what's night happen- What's happening on a Friday night in North Hatley? Chris Vendito. That's, that's only the comedy it. show. Only the comedy show. Down. No, but it makes a difference. No, but, it, but it does make a difference. And I think you go to Stansted, the audience, the audience is grateful, too. Right. The audience Same is happy. Same thing. It's not a barn of 700, but it's a hall of 150. I believe, I believe the the, uh, the barn was in Ayers Cliff, not in Stansted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ayers Cliff. Same <laughs> yeah. shit. You go to Ayers, It's like, first of all, why is it called Ayers Cliff? But then uh, people come out because there's nothing to do out there. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to here. But I, but I also don't think that it's not necessarily it's nothing to do, but there's also there's like the one thing to do. Like, for us, it's like... There's more community sense of community in yeah, small Yeah, like I feel like you're also going out because your neighbors are going out. I don't know who my neighbors are. But then there's the, the flip side to that is like maybe I don't want to know who my neighbors are and I have no choice and I'm stuck, yeah. you know. And, like, and guess what? Also, you live in the middle of nowhere. Now you go to church because you have to. Well, I'm from <laughs> – and Yannick also is from the middle of nowhere yeah. to relative to Montreal. And like the na- where my parents live, the neighbors have been the same neighbors <laughs> for my whole life. I'm 36 years old. They've never changed neighbors. That's so insane. And so it's kind of like if I don't like that neighbor, I'm fucked. I'm stuck with him. You're like I live here you know? now. That's like let's let, let, say, do you know about who are my? Uh, 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 before my parents sold the house, do you know who were my uh, the newest neighbors in in the neighborhood? My sister's uh, best friend who just bought the house where the other people moved in. Like, right. So my parents already knew them. Like, I saw you grow up and now you're my neighbor. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that's so how the same There's people. that part of it, too. There, there's no, you know, it's it's good for, like, selling tickets to, like, a show or whatever. Yeah. But bad for anonymity. And, like, maybe if you don't like the people you're around, you don't really have a choice. So there is, like, a flip side to it where you, you can kind of go, like, well, you know, I like it here. Things come to me. But it's also like you—it's easy to feel trapped very rapidly. Yeah, to it. me, when I was a kid, it was—I felt very trapped very rapidly. Of so. course, yeah, that's it. Because I mean, like you're not—you're not face to face with like infinite possibilities. You're face to face with sometimes on Friday someone plays here. Yeah, it's not even like, possibilities. It's this, and then sometimes you're faced with possibility. Yeah, which is one of two things. Like I remember—I don't know if you guys are into punk music at all or whatever—but if you remember Reset, 
Do you remember Reset? I, yeah, who yeah. then oh, kind of became yeah. Simple Plan, well, but with, like yeah, a yeah, yeah. with a different singer, but some of the members of Reset. Like, Reset played a show at the, like, the Rosemere Community Center, mm -hmm. and you have, like, not seen teenagers, like, explode in the way of, like, a punk show in a suburban community center. <laughs> right. Like, it was just, like, I was like, this must have been, they must have felt like the biggest rock stars mm -hmm. on, of all time. But, I mean, that's what it was, yeah, like, and that whole, like, uh, in Jacquier is the, uh, the Moose Hall. Okay. That's where they played. And it was kind of like a scene, you know, and I went only a couple of times because I moved out very rapidly as soon as I could. <laughs> but, um, and I think those kinds of levels of bands are not dissimilar to what we're talking about with comedians who yeah. go out to, where it's kind of like, well, we're never going to get on Music Plus or maybe once in a while. And yeah, yeah, We yeah. have a very limited way of getting higher than this, but as long as we're somewhere, people are going to come out to it. Which, yeah. that I think we've lost as well because the offer is much greater, you know? You can't just be a band. Yeah. You know, it's going to yeah. be... Like, I think punk bands like Reset will have a lot harder time uh, touring. Yeah. Deciding we're going to go to this place just because it's like, well, what if they just want to look at TikTok tonight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I have no idea what kids are doing with their Fridays. <laughs> uh Shifting gears just a little bit. We yes. did want to talk about the podcast. Uh, yes. We'll talk about movies. So I, I'm trying to understand. I think I understand the premise, which is that each movie, you, you watch a movie every episode. Yeah. But mm. then you sometimes do a little bit like specials when there's like a movie that you want to talk about if you can divert. Sort of. If you can navigate away. If yeah. Like, the, we, the, the like I think you guys talked like, or did you connect Dune or did you plan we to We don't connect, connect anymore. That was a pen. So. Uh, we, we can sum up the whole thing. So how it started before... Okay. Yannick was not a guy that I knew. I talked about Yannick on this podcast. Because you listened to his podcast. Because I listened to it. So I did not know him. I interviewed because him of us. one time. Yeah. <laughs> and they won Best of Montreal. We talked about it. It was at Comedy Works, which has right. since burnt down. Yeah. With Walter. Oh, it burnt down? <laughs> oh, I had no idea. We're not going <laughs> to say that who burnt it down. Oh, it burnt down. Yeah. Oh, no. What am I parking in front of? Jimbo. Oh, my I God. I feel like the crowd that I'm talking to is not the same crowd I thought I was talking to right before I said that. <laughs> but, um, and so we had talked about it. We had talked about Trois because I was saying that, you know, Trois was a guy who is started, was, he was starting to be a comedian, Pierre-Luc, mm -hmm. and he, and both love wrestling, and yeah. Yannick was a comic book guy, which was sort of the makeup of, yeah, we had the same vibe, plug yourself at the time, mm -hmm. comic book guy, wrestler, or uh, comic book guy, comedian, and both like wrestling, yeah. that's, exactly. that's the podcast recipe, and, and so, and then, I saw Yannick on the street a couple of times, and I was like, oh, hey, guy that I interviewed, and then one time I had to go see this, the first Jurassic World, Chris Pratt, whatever it was it called. Yeah, the Jurassic World. I Jurassic World. Jurassic yeah, you World. Got it, yeah. yeah, And no one wanted to come with me. I asked everyone that I knew, and they were like, no, not interested. So I said, I'm going to ask this guy that I don't know. And it was Yannick. We went to see We had a beer afterwards, and we did that a couple times. And then we were like, maybe we should just record this. And what Guys, happened is was... Is this a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Is this an episode <laughs> of I Like Films? Is this... <laughs> um... But then, and so that was behind the paywall of Trois-Bierbe in the yeah. Patreon for a long, long time. And then around the beginning of the pandemic, we busted out of the Patreon. And then it was, we had this, because originally it was really, we just recorded a Voyage de Vue when there was a movie that, we would, that I would go see for work and I had a plus one. 
So it wasn't every week. It wasn't like regular. It was just yeah. based on the on the availability. Yeah, this Even is back back for the listener if they're trying to place this when you between 2014 and 2021. Yeah, it's like when you were the yeah. when you were yes. the arts and entertainment editor. Yes, uh, the screen cult. editor. Is screen what editor called. at Cult Montreal. Yeah. At Cult Montreal. And also there was something fu I guess funny for us also that uh, today's episode is about Equalizer 2. Like, not necessarily a movie that yeah. everyone's looking forward to, I, although I, I was. I was pumped. Yeah, I was pumped. <laughs> hey, trailer for Equalizer 3. Uh, There's a third today. one coming out. <laughs> and, and so fun fact, which I'm sure you boys know, only role he's ever played twice, let alone three times. <laughs> yeah, it's his only franchise. It's really exciting. Sorry, go on. You marked yeah, me yeah, out. Yeah. I got marked. We just marked got out. Oh, you're, you're like, like, you're like you might not be in the Equalizer. Chris is like, you better believe I'm in the Equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, when we busted out at the beginning of the pandemic, there were no movies. We couldn't go see a movie, so we had to pick the movies, and that's how we connected them. Okay, so that was and when they then, were chained together. Yeah, and then we did that for a while, and then in and November so if, like, 2021. To, to pause, it was someone had to be in one movie, had to be in the next movie. Yeah, or directed or wrote it. Like, okay. it had to be connected yeah. with, like, You had to have a, you had to have a common it. link between one exactly. to the next. Okay. Yeah. Like, a, like a six, six degrees, degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then in November 2021, I got a job working for Telephone Canada, which is the uh, government organization that funds Canadian films. And they asked me to cut all They're ties like, with it. everything. Stop talking about movies. Yeah, because it was a conflict of interest, which I understand. You can't really be part of the organization that funds movies and then turn around and go, this sucks. This movie <laughs> sucks shit. Don't go see it. You know, I understand why they said that. So I, for a year, then Yannick did episodes like here and there on big super... Because then Yannick got into the grind of being invited to the screenings. Yeah, yeah, I got invited to the screenings. So I thought like there he has... Uh, 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 Alex had a, uh, an expression called a vue de bonhomme, which is basically uh, action figure movies. Like yeah. mm -hmm. You like action figure movies, which are, you know, based <laughs> on something, on uh, on characters, on toys or whatever. Yeah. And I do like, so for a while, Voyeur de Vue was called Vue de Bonhomme, so action figure movies. So I would talk about these a lot. So I was keeping the podcast alive because I love going to see movies and I love talking about movies. So I kept it alive as long as, uh, waited until uh, Alex and I guess was behind. This the would be like low-key a good spot to mention that you also are an artist on your own and yes. you have worked like last last year I don't know the pandemic is all blur yeah at some point in the pandemic you're you worked on TMNT Shredder's Revenge yes also. yes so uh, like I, w I was the narrative designer for TMNT Shredder's Revenge yeah so you're writer. you're in an action figure video game space exactly at yes. that point also yes so that's yes. all of this is I'm I feel incredibly plugged in in our current pop culture nostalgia moment because I took part into it. I mean, you made a 2D side-scrolling Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Yes, and so I... Like, which is what everybody was like, yeah, I love that from the yeah, 90s! Exactly. <laughs> so so I, I feel like uh, there was... There was uh, there was an uh, interview with uh, Tony Gilroy when he made the Star Wars show Endor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he said, like he was asked, like, are there like callbacks and continuity stuff, and stuff, stuff like that in Andor? And he says, uh, my show is entirely protein, no icing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which he was he was right. But for me, like 
working on uh, Turtles, which was one of my great uh, 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 career achievements, uh, I feel like I was like an uh, uh, icing artisan. Yeah. <laughs> trying to create like the most wonderful, sincere construction. Yeah, like make it feel like an arcade in 1992. Yeah, that is my like. And to have this comic book reference, this cartoon reference, this reference to uh, the mascot show at uh, MGM Studios that had the turtles. Like, it was really a big smorgasbord of stuff like so I remember when we did an episode on, on Space Jam 2 I was like shit talking <laughs> because it was terrible but Alex said isn't that what you did though isn't <laughs> that what you, you did that with the Ninja Turtles it's like that's true but I, I, I of course uh, weird hang on I have a weird segue or side sidebar question because I'm reading it right now yeah. uh, I'm reading The Last Ronin which yes. the which I think is like if you're into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, I know Chris is yeah. just like fully fully checked out. He's like, what? Yeah. Forget this. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's it. It's considered to be like one of the one of the great runs. And yeah, they're, they're my close personal friend Kevin Eastman that I met last summer. Yes, yeah, 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 that's it. I mean, he's obviously it's with Eastman and whatever, but it's like yep. everybody loves it. They're like because it is. It's like the rare. I think like it's not a gritty reboot. It's just a it's just a gritty version of everything that could happen you know like yeah, the well, shredder could win like you know like that's a thing that can go down they and were always uh, influenced by frank miller and now they're getting to do dark knight returns yeah they do the dark knight returns but very much so but have you heard the that the, that they're making the game yes i heard that and uh, i heard that and i feel like uh, well i heard that because it sort of crosses with our sphere yeah exactly that, that obviously again but we don't know a whole lot about it I yeah don't no, know it's very very early it. i just know that you just get told stuff like, oh, this is coming down the pike or whatever. Yeah, and they're saying it's going to be a God of War-ish. Yeah. But it's, but it's not Santa Monica, so it's not going to be God of War. So. But w working, w working with big licenses like that, that I got to, like, you're sort of in the dark and you're just like, you're sending stuff and you're waiting for someone to write you back and say, no, you can't use this character, you can't do this, you can't do that, and blah, blah, blah. Did you have anyone that you wanted to put in the game, sorry, that you couldn't? Was there like... I want Chrome Dome, and they're like, no. Well, Chrome, Chrome Dome, Dome is, is in the game, <laughs> uh, but uh, he's. You have to fight for it. You have to fight for Chrome. Dome? No, no, but there's there was yeah there was some stuff that I there was uh, because there are a lot of uh, um, one thing I I saw also going to conventions is that a lot of young girls uh, actually love the funny cartoony world of uh, TMNT. Okay, but. They don't have that many characters to get into. There's like April, and there are a whole bunch of characters, but they don't really know about them because they're not foreground in the properties, that, so they don't know about. There's Venus de Milo, who's like, uh, like strike true, like you can't use it, but they brought her back in the comics. Mm -hmm. There's April, there's uh, Jenica, who, who they created in an IDW comic that's really cool. So, mm -hmm. me, I was really pushing to uh, try to bring these characters into the game. But we were like, no, uh, keep, keep it simple. Yeah, arcade we have to keep like it simple because you know what? Uh, we have a small team and we have wonderful artists, but it takes all the animation frames and everything. Like, yeah. it, it takes our artists maybe like a month and a half, maybe two, to create a whole playable Moveset. character. So uh. me, when I'm I'm with my uh, my grocery list of bringing uh, this character, or this character, like that was just not doable. They're like, so no, fuck off. I have two very important questions. Yes. Equalizer 3. When's it coming? No, 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 no. 
I, I already know it's coming out. I have it. <laughs> yeah, it's nine seconds, and it's uh, it comes out in September. That's the end of the trailer. It's amazing. <laughs> and and listen, I don't I don't even know what they're gonna go from here, but I hope there's more Russians involved. Um, <laughs> question number one: Why is your TMNT super super nut? I would assume super super uh, yeah. fan of it. Why does Casey go to job interviews with his mask on? Uh, that's question number one. And, and a more serious question. Not that the case was not serious, but as a movie critic, I guess, as a as an authority on on film, how yep. much of a bad spot is Marvel in right now with Jonathan Majors? Oh, spicy, uh, spicy one for, for Casey Jones is that um, Casey Jones is one of the most popular TMNT characters. Like, we had him available in the game when you finish the game, but before we revealed that, every... Like the second question that people would is ask Casey about Jones the game. a playable character? Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's probably the, everyone's favorite character. Yeah, uh, because I mean, outside of Raphael, short of the turtles. Like yeah, I, yeah, I was like, as soon as it, uh, of the secondary characters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it. Like there's, you have your the turtles, and then I feel that like Casey Jones and Splinter are like he's he's, uh, he's only in two episodes of the cartoon, which is wild. But like yeah. that he had such a like. But the the, the thing like uh, rewatching the cartoon, uh, it's really. A comedy show that has sometimes extremely weak action, but the voice acting is really good and the characterization is really good. But it's a sitcom, so that's why Casey Jones shows up at uh, for a work interview. I love with that. I love that with the mask. Oh, uh, it's, 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 it's so great. funny. As for uh, uh, Jonathan Majors with Marvel, are they uh, fuck with? Um, I think so. I think that the biggest thing right now is that he's obviously he seems like a big part of Loki season two. And he filmed that already, right? So can. that's already filmed. Yeah. Uh, the rest, I feel like uh, the 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 whole multiversal shenanigans uh, allows for recasting. Yeah. yeah. I and feel they they're did, gonna push. And him they out. did that before, but uh, his representation dropped him. Uh, like a whole some of his sponsors have dropped him like Valentino dropped him as a, and as a sponsor and the US Army because he was uh, doing uh, recruitment oh, yeah, he did the, because yeah. his, his, his father-in-law was uh, a Marine I think so uh, I think they're gonna recast him but they're like because there's so much uh, uh, there's a, a, a wobbly moment with uh, how Marvel's perceived and the, the quality and how people like it right now I think that when they announce, they're they, they're probably gonna replace him. Uh, but I feel like they're only gonna announce that after they have big crowd pleasing box office moments. So let's say maybe. I feel uh, if Guardians is a hit, they're gonna be like, and Jonathan Majors I think is gone. They've already replaced him. They, they know probably who, yeah. But they're not gonna say who. I think they're gonna they're, like go they're, they're gonna do it in the wake of Goodwill. Like I feel yeah, if, yeah. If, if Guardians is like, because Guardians is apparently like good. Yeah. yeah. As they they say, it's like oh, it's it's really like it's a James Gunn who knows what he's doing. It's very much a swan song. He's sending he, it off, uh, and they're James saying James Gunn like, does a lot of stuff that sort of annoys me, but he's really good at what he does. And they all these movies come out of his pen. I'm sc I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared of the uh, amount of power he has in for DC? the DC. That's like that's a, in a sports world. That's like giving the really good head coach. Like GM control too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Right? It's like, okay, you're going to run the whole team. You get to shop for the groceries. You know, just the fact that he says... Which never works. It never works Ever. in sports. So we'll see if it works in the movie business. The fact that he said, like, we don't start movies if a script is not finished. I mean, that's... I hope that they can. he can be held to that. But just that... That's, that's a shot of Feige, eh? Uh, 
Where Feige yes. will announce the plan of the movies without the movies being ready to yeah, do. Feige Maybe. announces the release date before there's people cast. Yeah. Before he has a fucking director. Don't what? worry, there's gonna be. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, don't do that. But like, he, uh, anyone who has a job knows, don't do that. Don't promise something you don't know. For, from what we see from James Gunn's career, because he was doing a lot of uh, script doctoring and he wasn't the, the machine, like, he did those Scooby Doo movies. Like, yeah. he, he worked on a whole lot of stuff. I feel like he. He can handle that. So, the. the being given a date. Like, I feel like he could always, like, uh, write it and make it happen. But uh, not everyone is built like that. Mm, and to yeah. me, the interesting thing with the, uh, about the Marvel machine is that there are two really important poles of... Um, magnetic poles of script writing. And that's what uh, Joss Whedon did on the Avengers and what he did with the Guardians and how... Everyone after that try to imitate or recreate that, but it's always it, they, especially for for the, the the humor of it. It always feels like jokes told by someone who doesn't know how to truly deliver them, and it's uh, yeah, uh, like it, Elon ah! Musk. You mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my no, but I, I was gonna <laughs> say more. I was like, like I am uh, like. There's a lot, a lot in the most recent Marvel phase that I do not enjoy. But like I like I really really liked Love and Thunder, but like but I'm like a genuine like Taika Waititi fan. I understand why a lot of people did not enjoy Love and Thunder. Like yeah. like I can watch this and be like I can see your criticisms yeah. and they are valid. Yeah, Nick, it's not your favorite, right? Taika Waititi. Uh, no, what you know what I love what we do in the shadows. I love everything that he did that that's not pre-existing characters. Right. But and the, and all that's the stuff and that the he created. I'm like, yes, this is great. And that's the thing is like I don't have a big like connection to Thor. So I'm like, you can like smush Thor into a right. like a weird triangle shape, and I'm like, this eh. is also how I felt because you, I think the like, first two Thor movies are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like the first shape. one's bad. The second one is very bad. Yeah. <laughs> and the third one's the third one's good. The fourth one was the, was close to the second and the first one for no, me. No, I like I really I really enjoyed the fourth one as a film that like like it doesn't really work in the Marvel universe. Like I'm I'm actively willing to admit like i was like it makes no sense tonally there's a lot of issues with it but i was like but as a fun like oh it's a weird like rom-com kind of where someone has superpowers Whoa. in that realm <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, was, that was much more the tone of it than anything else and i was like i'm here for it well to me it's it's more like if the character is also doesn't don't care. Why should I care? And a whole lot of his, his two Thor movies are like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, but uh, at, but I feel. But I know that I, I know that I'm on island on that one. Like, yeah, so. no, but like, but it's weird though because like I feel that it's like almost like commentary because I was like, of course, the characters in Thor don't care about what's his name, the God Slayer, because like, <laughs> fucking who does care? They're gonna beat him. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's, there's almost a weird like. <laughs> yeah, like, but then you're like, you're like he's a real threat. You're like, ah, yeah, fucking beat Thanos. I punched his head off. Gives too much of a realistic performance for it to merge with the rest of the movie. Like yeah. he's oh, he's doing like something super real. It's and, so funny. To and me. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> how how very serious uh, like Christian Bale takes the character becomes much funnier to me that no one else gives a shit it about is, his drama. But it, again, the, the, the it's that's a good point. Yeah. It really doesn't work for me, and... Uh, um, I don't think it's a great superhero film. 
Like that, I will say that, Let's like, say as a view de Benham, I don't think it's a great superhero. <laughs> <laughs> it also has, but it also have interesting stuff about how superheroes are gods that only children should believe in, and they will repay that belief by giving them powers and enabling them to mm. fight in a great uh, battle. Yeah. And that type of stuff really speaks to me because I, as much as I love superheroes and I love that they can grow up with me, I feel like they always have to be for children first. Yeah. So that type of idea I really like, but it's it's weird to have two strains, two sincere strains in that movie and have the rest of being... Well, but see, to but me, to me, I think that it should be. You mean two strains within the same movie? Not yeah, what? Not Natalie Portman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Portman. I, I, I haven't seen like the, so. Like when when I got a job at Telefilm, I didn't have to go see movies anymore, and so I was like, I don't need to go see fucking Marvel movies anymore. See you later, MCU. Super, <laughs> I haven't seen one that has come out since November of 2021. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a single one of them. I don't plan on it. Congratulations. I don't care. Unless Yannick makes you do it for the podcast. Yeah, unless... But but we we (laughs) never would. But I do feel like sometimes I do bully Yannick into watching movies that he doesn't want to watch. So wait, wait, what is the selection? To build back to the podcast. What is the selection process now? Now that we... We went through the... It's not. We just go... Okay, so we came back... And uh, we, when I came back, we noticed there was a lot of Quebecois movies that were on Crave and Prime Video Mm. that were not there a year before. So then we started watching those, and then we were like, you know what? We're going to do one Quebecois movie every week. Like, bigger mainstream Yeah, mainstream. Mainstream Quebecois. So, like, not like an art film. Like, a movie that is, like, I my intention is to be broad appeal. Yes, yes. Like, a movie that is... Uh, speaking to the people who we said were going to barn dances and shit like that, you know, like you heard it here first. Yes. And <laughs> you go and to barn dances, and then we just pick a movie. And sometimes we do go see a movie in theaters, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes are you going to see Faradog? Have you seen Faradog? I've seen it. Okay, Not yet. Um, I'll go see it. Yeah, I feel that's a very the view. Like yes, well, the the guy who wrote it and who's the main actor in it, Eric Boulian, he's been on our show as a guest, so. So I feel like it would. Be. I feel like it would be weird to have to, to have a show about it. We'll talk about it. I think it would be weird to. But we have to mention. We have to recuse ourselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He is. He is like a guy that I am friendly with. So yeah. I would find that. But this is the thing I wanted to say. Before Let's get other people. Chris and I will watch it. We we'll were talking apart. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> we were talking about Yannick. Uh, his writing on the video game on the TMNT video game has made. All of the screen, the Quebec screenwriters who write the biggest movies in Quebec, very jealous. Every time Yannick tells them, oh, "I'm writing this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game," they're like, "Really? Well, how did you get that ju- that gig? Like, what is it like?" And like these guys who like have Faradol, like these yeah. guys who have like the <laughs> posters on the bus, their faces on a bus. They're like, "I would like to have Yannick's job." <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, like it. it, it, it just I've got a Michelangelo that, that power, story you wouldn't believe. That power play like really works out for me when I can tell <laughs> about I ask Townsend Coleman to do the lines I wrote. That's yeah. how that's how we break arms and get people on the on the show. But yeah, so now we You're like Yannick wrote the Ninja Turtles, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he invented He's best the friends with Raphael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, Kevin Eastman's in his Rolodex. I mean, like, uh, we but but the, the Really cool thing is that for the game we had like the uh, access to the four original actors from the cartoon. So yeah. That, yeah, they're they're all my personal friends now. Uh, so did you make them like record to be like, hi, this is Yannick's telephone, Cowabunga, like, no, and that's your voicemail because you should have. 
No, but uh, seems uh, like the right thing to do. Yeah, you I know, should have, I, should have, <laughs> I feel like Rob Paulson. Like he took a look at me, uh, who does Raphael and does uh, like uh, he's a voice actor who worked for years and years. It was like. I bet you're really happy. I f uh, he said something like, I feel like this something proves something to your parents, right? <laughs> like, yes, it does, Rob. It does. Yeah. I I, I, see, so that, that's nice, at least, of your parents it does, because I was like, I could tell my dad being like, yeah, I wrote, a, I wrote an insurance thing. He'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, and, like, I, and he would just I be like, he's like, whatever. He's like, I don't really understand what you do, but I guess you wrote it in Ninja Turtles thing. I, I that tracks. My kid's an idiot. I was obsessed with the turtles when I was a kid, so, like, for them, it's sort of a, a strange. It's probably, like, a strange full circle for them. Like, he was just this little nerd obsessed with it, and now it just it came back for him. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. That, that's, that was but cool. but yeah, essentially we don't have a process to choose the movies for the podcast to get. But back mostly to Quebecois the film, I guess. We like have a, a Quebecois film point. every week. No, we have one every week, but it's not the main. So like feature. last week, so the last one that came out as of recording this, we did Murder Mystery One and Two. I saw. Uh, because we're fans of the, of the Sandman. Yeah, we like the Sandman, you know, and wanted mm -hmm. to have a sandstorm. Um, yeah. It just we usually we just kind of go like, yeah, you want to do this as the main. Like, the thing is, when, for me, I like more obscure and older movies, you know, because I'm a guy who is paid to go to the, or was for a long time paid to go to the movies, so those don't interest me as much. It's kind of like... Yeah, that feels like my job. Yeah, like, it's there. Digging something through, like, a bin or whatever is like, you're like, oh, shit, that's, this is, I'm watching this for fun. Exactly. <laughs> and then you realize that people don't click on it if it's not a thing that they know. <laughs> so uh. you kind of have to adapt it. And so now we try to find the balance between something that people know and something that is, like, interesting to us, you know. One for you, one for them? Kind of. That, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, something like that, yeah. That, because also, I feel like we, we don't talk about uh, movies that are not accessible either. I think we always talk yeah, about we try interesting to have or cool movies that maybe you won't have heard about it but there's there's something in there for yeah you. yeah and we also tr yeah yeah exactly but accessible also like we tried to find something that's on a platform mm -hmm. so if people want to watch it like it's it's no use to me to go like there's this fucking hungarian movie from 1962 that i love because even if I you i found a prince of it in a yeah even if you are hyped by me talking about it then you're fucked. I have to send you a file. You know, I don't want like <laughs> all of your listeners to go like begging at my door. Like, please send me a wee transfer with this. You know. But it's and more so like let, let's say sometimes we find like, oh, let's say this movie from that era is fucking sick. You might not know about it. Like, yeah. That, I feel like that's the, where we get really excited. Yeah, yeah. We try to have like the most um, universal. Like we're talking to like a universal audience. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always work out. I'm sure some people are just like, what are the fuck are they talking yeah. about? But that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. I just said that like uh, Christopher. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Hey, like, I uh, just carry this watch Christopher, yeah, exactly. in my ass um, for five years. But, it, uh, you know, we try to... Yeah, and once in a while we'll do something obscure. We, we try to move it around. We always talk about the movies we've seen that week. So there's always space for something that, like... Yannick talks a lot about martial arts movies that I haven't seen. And I'm just like... 
Yes, okay. And then I'm like, I've seen an old movie about fucking being sad and an alcoholic. And he's like, yes, okay. So there's that, too. There's like a sharing part of it where it's kind of like, here are the things I'm into that I'm sure you're never going to watch. Let me talk to you about them. It's like when my friend tells me a lot about League of Legends. We have have, have entire segments on the other show about League of Legends, and I'm like, cool. This is why the other shows aren't as good as ours. That's right. That's, you know. Right. Sometimes Vendita will, will, will spin it around and he'll talk about football for a little bit. Hey, uh, quick question for both of you, though. What has been the biggest difference now with all these kind of like direct-to-DVD action pieces coming on streamers? It's almost You could see the entire Bruce Willis lawsuit. Yeah, that they're I'm kind of formulating it. with some of the movies they made. Yeah, you're like, here's all these Bruce Willis movies. That he's clearly not movies. acting in. I watched these. You were asking that question to the yeah. right person. I watch all these Bruce Willis movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, have you met Detective Knight yet? Not yet. Not There's yet. three so Detective Knight movies the, I haven't seen. The recent, recent, like, just the DVD movies that they yeah, put out yeah, there? Yeah, I watched once in a while. But I, I'm very... So I used to work in a video store. And then when I had the Same. podcast, Why Does It Exist? It was about... These kinds of movies, these movies yeah. that you look at them and you're like, I don't understand how. Like, like, what came th- together? Who's to this for? Yeah. <laughs> like, how could this have sparked as an idea and now I'm holding it? And there, there's a lot of steps in there that I don't understand. Samurai and, Cop, basically. Those are like B movies like that. I understand because it's like you need as little money as possible and you kind of go. You're but like these things with Bruce Willis, with Mickey Rourke, Val Kilmer. Yeah. You know, like these. These Your are father, contra- whose daughter. These, these contractual daughter. obligation, like get yeah. Yeah. Chad Michael Murray. Chad, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, yeah, Antonio Banderas does a bunch of them now. Yeah. But which is weird because his regular career hasn't really gone to shit. Like, he still makes real movies. Yeah. Um, but there, there's an article, I, I believe it's in... Uh, uh, Vulture, I think it was. Vulture, yeah. yeah. Where they, they call these things the geezer teasers, and they explain mm-hmm. how they were made. And, and it, it's uh, one of the guys, he's on the Real Housewives of... New York, uh, L.A. No, L.A., I guess. Yeah. His name is Randall Emmett. He's one of the guys who does it. His wife is Lala from one of these shows. I don't know if anyone <laughs> at home is listening. You know, the I, I don't know what our listenership is, but I don't know about the Real Housewives yeah. crossover. Lala Vasquez? Someone, though. Lala, Lala Kent is her name. And she's married to this guy, Randall Emmett. And, he, and he's a guy who's sort of like, it's like a pyramid scheme kind of thing. Cool. Where he, he, gets, he gets he gets funding based on the star and whatever. Yeah, like, he he he, he it's does. The UA Bull method. He gets fund. Yes, he gets funding on pre-sales in like Romania or whatever. Yeah. Of a movie, he goes. Listen, I have a movie. I've got John Malkovich and Robert De Niro. And they're like John Malkovich, Robert De Niro. Oh, excellent. And so he's a hotel. No. <laughs> and so and he funds the movie on that. Like he hasn't shot a single second of that movie. Yeah. But, but that like that that was the UA Bull thing. Yes, and he has access to like a private jet and all this shit. So like Robert De Niro will do six days on one of. These movies, and he gets like three week vacation on a yeah. private jet on a private island that is owned by this like money laundering Dubai weirdos and whatever. And but I do watch them because <laughs> you hate yourself. The Bruce Willis ones are the worst ones because Bruce Willis, you know, well, he's, first, he's visibly impaired. Yes, he's like, visibly impaired, and we didn't. I didn't know. You tell by the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, tell yeah, by the yeah. trailer on some of them. It's like, oh it's my god. It's not just phoning it in. You're like, he's not. Well, okay. like, no, he's not well. And yeah, you can yeah, yeah. tell in some of them, he's not looking the right direction. No, oh, Jesus. you know when he's because they clearly shot all of his scenes one after the other, and he's not. Knowing that he's not horrible in the sense that like he's still an actor. He's he still knows a talented deli- actor. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Delivering lines like with. Intent and feeling—it's just sometimes the rest of the movie that they build around him 
doesn't make any sense with what he shot probably like a month before. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much money these movies make, but they do seem to be profitable because they keep making them. They don't cost very much. Yeah. Most of them are pretty bad. And like... Worst of all, most of them are pretty boring. Is what yeah. they're, they're kind you're of. Like you're like you're expecting. You call them geezer teasers. I've, yeah. re- I've I've read them as referred to as like algorithm chasers or yes, yeah, just things to drive clicks. Literal people downloading the movie, so that just counts as a yeah, stream. How, ba- how bad could it be? You watch it for five minutes, but you watched it for five. Yeah. minutes. Hey man, I've watched some of them, and like you said, some of them are are really bad. And then uh, and I love those like, I'm going to use that line geezer teasers. I love them. The action stupid action movies that yeah, have yeah. no plot. Yeah. And they no it's the sheriff and he has to save the town from yeah, yeah. this big bad who just escaped prison. And often Bruce Willis what they often use as like the structure for it is like he's the main guy's dad. And he gets killed in the first scene. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, guess I won't see him again. Oh, no, he wasn't actually dead. He comes back at the end. <laughs> it's always kind of that, that strike. And he's the bad guy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one that's Paradise City, which is Bruce Willis and John Travolta. Oh, shit. And uh, Stephen Dorff. All three of them are, like, sort of in it, but not really in it. But if you line them up in the proper way, it looks like you've had stars in the whole movie. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's someone you recognize in most of the yeah, scenes. Exactly. Well, there's a complaint about that of that new Chris Evans uh, Apple oh, yeah, movie, Ghosted. Ghosted. I haven't seen it. Where there's people online like saying, this is not how you camera blog. They're not on set together. This yeah. is... It this could is well be. Yeah, like Anna Dalmas and, I mean, and Chris Evans were not the, together for the whole film. Only with the posters, they, it, it looks really weird. That yeah. They, it's, no, the trailer looks that. bad also. It look, yeah, well, it looks bad, but I... You can I'm, wa- I'm going to watch it. Nah, me too. I'm not, I'm not better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not better. I mean, Anna Dalmas in a fucking two-piece at one point? I'm on board. I know. Chris Her- Evans being witty? Let's go. Chris Evans in a two-piece? Chris Evans in a one-piece? <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> Uh, no, Cit- Citadel, the fucking the movie the we run with. The Russos and, uh, uh, yo, the Russos have. This, uh, Friday, yeah. I'm a lifelong member of the Russo family. <laughs> whatever they do, whatever sh- bullshit action they want to throw at me, I'm on board, man. What was the <laughs> thing that I, uh, just the weird, the random uh, when when you mentioned like short shoots? I read the other day, Chris, do you know this? Alex, do you know this? That Arnold Schwarzenegger was on set for Batman and Robin for 28 days. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, but I was just like, but I was like, but that's such a short. You know how much you got paid for that movie? Like, like 25 I, million. So I was like a million dollars a day would not surprise me. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, no, like that's that's the real number of 25 million. Yeah, I know. Which inflated for today would have been like RB, uh, RDJ Avengers money. But yeah, that's yeah, it. But yeah, if yeah. he was if he was there for less than a month though, that becomes a million dollars a day. Yeah. yeah. To have him be the, just chew up the scenery as shitty ass. I wonder how many days Donnie Jr. did on the the Avengers last shoot. What? Well, because I know they're making a big to do about. Uh, I think the the gold standard for money for dialogue is still what's his name, Soldier? There, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell getting paid like X million dollars for like five lines of dialogue. Right. When they say like money per line of dialogue, action scenes without. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people that conversation is coming up again with John Wick Four, where he has like I think he says something like three hundred words. Total. Right. <laughs> in a three hour film. But you do pay for the recognition of that person. And this well, but, but I mean, but he's also, he's on screen 95% of the time. Like, to say that, like, you're only paying an actor for dialogue. Yeah. Same thing with Soldier or whatever. I do believe, I, I believe in that article, in that Vulture article, they talk about how much Bruce, like, any of those stars get paid. Yeah. And, it, and it's close to a million a day. 
Yeah. You know? Um, but then it becomes like five days. Yeah, like, it oh, is yeah. five days. And then, it, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to bring this movie in under $10 million. Because the, yeah, well, the rest it, the of the movie The entire budget of this movie is $8 million. But that means it's actually a $3 million movie. Yeah. You know? With and, and five days of Bruce Willis. And there's explosions in it. And it's, it's like, people are going to fucking die like, if you keep making these movies. And the thing is, now watching them, I watch a lot of them when I do the dishes because there's a shelf above my sink. So I put my computer there. Nice. And I just watch the movies while I do the dishes. And the thing with those is, like, if you watch enough of them, you start your, um, the goalposts start to change. <laughs> and you start to kind of go, like, oh, this You're like, anything remotely good, you're like, yeah, whoa! This one's not that bad. And, like, one of the things that I notice is, like, one of the inspirations that comes up over and over is you were never really here with Joaquin Phoenix, which is, like, a very arty, like, revenge yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. But that comes up like you can tell these guys who are directing these like straight to DVD Bruce movies have watched you were never really here and they're really into it and it's a really good movie I do really enjoy like think that's a really good movie I don't know how much you can riff on that without <laughs> it being super obvious and so a lot of the time I'm just like well I have seen this it was better it's better with it was tighter yeah there was not like and so and the other thing that I from that article that I learned is that there are these actors who are people who are independently rich for whatever reason there's four or five of them one of them is called Meadow Williams there's a guy called Swen Temple they have money from whatever other thing and they buy their way into the movies so they produce the movies by oh, so then it's a then it's a unbearable weight of massive talent situation. Sort yeah, of, kind of. Yes. but instead of, instead of a birthday party, it's like, I'm going to be in the movie. Exactly. But they put my, so Meta Williams, who is a, an actress who married a very rich guy who had like an energy drink for a shoot. I, I want to say I, I'm, I think I'm talking about that, but like a sounds old, right. I believe it. An old rich guy it checks who, out. It checks out. Who <laughs> died <laughs> and she made all of his money. Yeah. And so now she buys herself roles. And there's a movie called Axis Sally. The Trial of Axis Sally, which is her and Al Pacino, and it's a legal drama set right after World War II, with this actress who bought herself a role in Al Pacino. Jesus and so Christ, I haven't seen it so yet because it, it's super long. But Al Pacino's like, and he's been interviewed about it. And he's like, I know it sucks shit, but it's a lot of money for like not that much yeah. effort. And I and <laughs> I see it as a challenge. Like, can I be good? Can I and, act against this person yeah. who doesn't know how to act? Like, can I make act? this better? In a situation where there's no fucking way that it's going to be good, can I make it better? Because he's old, he's 80. What the fuck hey, does he, he care? Shit. Who cares? Hey, like, Al, you want to make two, like $10 million in two weeks? Oh, yeah. baby! Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, okay. Wow! Because <laughs> then anything that is probably good requires more effort from him. This yeah. requires almost nothing. Yeah, I went, it's I, a, went, it's I went to some exotic location for two weeks and acted against this woman who yeah. doesn't know how to act. Uh, I got $10 million one way or the other. And there was it is. this thing that came out, this I think, yesterday. They had this pineapple on set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had this pineapple on set. You just kept coming for it every day. Well, that's it. And then probably if you ask about Al Pacino, like, what are your most memorable shooting stories? It'll be some kind of shit like that where he was on vacation and he was eating pineapple. Not something that was grueling and sucked that he was barfing into it. Very it's not the panic in Needle Park. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. He doesn't I don't have to do that anymore. I'm Listen, 80. Yo, Pacino spent the 70s and 80s doing all his intense, important work. Yeah. Right. The 90s was his, let me bask in my glory. Let me yell. Yeah, Because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. in the 70s, and like the stretch where he made Godfather 1, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, Godfather 2, 
in a stretch of like five years. Yeah, yeah that must that's have a been, career. That for must have people. been grueling. And yeah, then, well, as an actor, to, like and Jesus. He, and he gets The Godfather too, and he's talking about you know. On my last movie, was for Serpico, they had me out of there every day at five, and it's Francis Ford Coppola, and he's fucking, everyone's confused. Mm-hmm. Godfather 2, the shoot was a mess, by right. all intents and purposes, and, and, De Niro, and, and Pacino was just, and he was snubbed for an Oscar for that movie, too. Yeah. My point is, is that he spent all the 70s caring about what he made. I don't think he had any care after. There yeah. was a different attitude too to making movies. Like I think Coppola's made a movie now, Megalopolis, that he put a hundred million dollars of his own money. He was never yeah. smart. Francis was never smart with his money. <laughs> oh, well, Francis, he's, he's old now. He sold his his vineyard. But I mean, but if like, you have if you have like a billion dollars in the bank, where you're like, yeah. hey, you want to spend ten percent? But he's had this this project that he's wanted to do for like I want to say like 30, 40 years. That no one ever wanted to give him money for. It's so he's for like, fine, this is going to be my last movie. I'm going to die. I'm an old man. I'm just going to make this. And it went to shit. Like, during the, the shoot, people walked off. But not actors, but, like, the special effects. The They just went, like, no. <laughs> Let's get out of here. This is no longer how we make movies. We got to get the fuck out of here. And I think that's, like, we're going to lose that. That's gone in once all those old guys die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, going to be shame. There's going to be no auteurs and who I'm are sure like, let's do it. And I'm sure when I see Megalopolis, I'll be like, what the fuck am I <laughs> What's watching? Happening? You know? But then I'll be sad. Like, I was just in the bar here. I was waiting for a beer. They were watching He Got Game by Spike yeah, Lee. No, <laughs> and it's not like, it's like a very mid-Spike Lee movie, but I was yeah. watching it on the TV in the bar, and I was like, this fucking movie rules. It's so good. But it's and not you actually so good. But like you also you also can't make it unless you're Spike Lee. Like right. you know what I mean? Like you're but like, like if they were watching fucking Thor two, I would not have gone like this rules. Like I would have <laughs> gone like this is just some shit. You're like Alan Taylor, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris, you wanna you wanna hit up five questions? We're ready. I think this, these questions are gonna be actually very interesting with these guys today. I'm so excited. we do a very uh, they know they know shocking these are, these are alums gimmick here. I know. Uh, we asked five questions to our guests. The first three are from are for every guest, and then our fourth one is from last week's guest, and our fifth one is you asking us and our next guest. Yes. So yeah. question number one, what is your hottest take? Like of the moment. Of the moment. Like not all time, like your hottest take right now. Could Bruce, be Willis, Bruce, Bruce Willis movies aren't that bad. That's That's, <laughs> there are good ones, but it's not a hot take. It's not a hot take, yeah. Uh, uh, in uh, the, the circles, the, the nerd circles that I move that I am in, I think that what happens at the end of the second season of Mandalorian is one of the worst things to happen to popular entertainment. Wow. What happens at the end of the second yeah. season? When they I'm up to date and I don't it's remember. It's when they create a, a CGI Luke Skywalker to come into oh. the show. I think that's absolutely terrible, bad. Fan service? Not that it's fan service, but it's so the fact that they created a CGI instead of having just maybe recasting an actor. Uh, but what I think is really bad is that I am on an island on this, and 95% of people out there are like, "This is great! I'm crying when I think yeah, about fan, it." That's how fan service works, I guess. I, I I think that's super. I think super bad. I, I will say just not to like completely dive like. I agree Diverse with him, though. You know what? I but agree with you. It's because it works so well when it's Vader, but Vader can be anybody because it's just right. it's the yeah, mask. Exactly. Yes. And they were like, it'll be like that with Luke. And you're like, no, but Luke but has a real face. See, the, the, the <laughs> thing at the end of the, 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 the Mandalorian is that you're seeing 
first you, you're, you're seeing uh, someone with a hood essentially being Michael Myers and destroying people. Yeah, yeah. And then you're seeing uh, a, a father giving up his baby. Yeah. And then he removes his ass, so you get that Pedro Pascal shot for the season, and it, he's really emotional. And then you have a terrible CGI face <laughs> who cannot, like, who cannot react to the, the, the acute puppet. It's yeah, it's a weird CGI it's monster. It's like I'm taking your son. Goodbye. Yes, like <laughs> I cannot understand why he would give up his son to this weird ghoul. Yeah, but I get everyone it. loved it, and I feel like that has traced the future of whatever is going to happen with Star Wars. And started with Tron. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's <laughs> terrible. The Jeff Daniels and Tron was not also yeah, but not everyone cool. forgot about it mostly. So, yeah, but it made me feel weird then, and Luke made me did make me feel weird now. Yeah, <laughs> and then they, they they did other stuff on another episode of the of those shows, and it was much better. But why was it important? It's actually the it's the worst. It's terrible. Alex, hottest take of the moment. I think my hot take is stay in the movie realm. I think that people who see Bo is afraid, almost everyone is over and all analyzing it. I you don't think, think it was meant to be overanalyzed though? I think Ari Aster. I haven't seen it yet, but I've like I don't think so. I don't think I think everyone I think it's meant to lead you down a path where you think, oh, he's this and that and he thinks this way about women and whatever. And I, I think honestly I think Bo is afraid the entire conceit of it is What if you're, every time you had an anxious thought, it became real? I think that's the entire entirety of it. I don't think there's more to it. And I'm not defending Bo is Afraid necessarily. Mm. I'm just saying the way that yeah, I it's read not, it. It's not deeper than that? It's not deeper than that. Huh. And I think that's both to its credit and to its detriment. Bo is Afraid, of course, to our listeners, stars yeah, yeah, Walter yeah, yeah. J. Ling in Wal a number of right. unnamed roles. Yeah, exactly. If you keep an, peel, keep an eye out for Walter J. Ling. I saw him only one time in it. I knew he was in it, but I only he's saw in a, But he's in a gimp mask for parts of it. Well, because I saw the he posted pictures of it, I guess. Well, he's in the trailer. He's yeah. on the street in the trailer, but apparently, and I don't, I haven't seen the film, but like, there's he's in the weird orgy or whatever. Okay, yeah, there is a weird. I didn't see him in that. Yeah, well, he's wearing a mask in that portion. Okay, you'd have to, you'd be looking exclusively for the hair. Right. The hair is squished into the mask. There's a lot to look at in this movie. So. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is apparently, the, and even he was like, there's a lot going on in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, question number two: Who is The star to you of Sesame Street. Here, yeah, put Alex on the spot because you did. You went first last Big time. Big Bird. Big Bird. Hands down. That's a good I feel one. like uh, I agree that it would be Big Bird because he was when I was uh, a kid, but I feel like he got overtaken by Elmo. Okay. But for you, it'd be Big Bird. It would like be when Big you Bird, were a kid, you were like, I'm tuning in for the Big Bird segment. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I liked Cookie Monster. So when I was two years old, my dad made me like a Big Bird cake. And then I, when I turned three, I had a Cookie Monster cake. Or it might be three and four, but whatever. And I like Cookie Monster more because he's like, um, he's more of a uh, wild card, I guess. He's, I but feel like he's, me, be he's better at a party. Yeah. Like, he's a bit of a shit show, but like, I like you're like, Cookie Monster, he's bringing the fucking big bird. You're like, oh, I gotta keep an eye out for like, you. you know well, who rules which is why. why Gonger. 
You are rival Gonger. 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 Gonger has a uh, food truck with Cookie Monster, and let me tell you, it does not work out in Gonger's favor. Oh shit! Having a food truck with oh, Cookie shit. Monster. Okay, but yeah, what's uh, yeah, Gonger? I don't know I don't who Gonger. Know I don't Gonger even know what it looks like, but I would still say Big Bird because I think he seems like kind of a drip to me. So the main <laughs> character always has to be kind of a drip. Yeah. So the lead, I would say Big Bird. Like a Wesley Wiggins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Waking Life. Uh, Question number three. three. What piece of media that could be film, music, uh, an, an article that you read, has been the most formative for you over the years? What do you keep going back to? Like something now? that like, changed the way you think. You're like, oh, shit. Like, this is... This is what movies could be, or this is what music could be, or whatever it is. Where you're like, where you change, like alters your perception, and you're like, I have my my brain has been altered by this book, this movie, this song, this album, whatever it is. There's qu- there's quite a lot of them. So the first thing that came to mind for me was Tego Mego by the band Can, the German krautrock band Can. Okay. It's a, like a improvisational psychedelic. Prog like, they're like jazz. a jam band, sort yeah, of. Yeah, like, like sort of, uh, from the '70s, from from uh, Germany. And on that record, there is every single thing you could imagine, and you never know that it's coming. So there's like this, there's noise, there's like fucked up psychedelic, there's like pop hooks, there's everything, and it's all thrown together in a way. Because I think essentially they were a jam band, and they would find parts of their jams and cut them together and make songs out of it. Okay. And I had never uh, thought of music that way. You're like, music could be anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think when I was younger, you know, you talked about punk, you talked about um, reset and stuff. That was what I was into when I was like a teenager, like pop punk, I guess, which is the most formatted and pre- yeah, predictable. Yeah, yeah. Like ABBA, that's it. Yeah. And you're like, and to me, that was like, that's, this is art. And then I heard this well, a little later, but then I was kind of like, oh, okay. So it could just be anything, really. Like, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't even have to fit on the record. It, ha- it could just be anything. So to me, it's that Tego Mango, 1971. I'm going to check Ken. that out when I get home. Uh, for me, it's... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Shredder's Revenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what I mean, I mean, it would be Jet like the, the, the four uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, universe source book from Archie Comics. Uh, but no, I, I feel like the, the one of the most foundational thing is... Saga of Swamp Thing number 21, which oh is shit. the first Alan Moore. the Alan Moore run, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, beginning of the run, it's basically like the, the how to find the, the initial premise of a character and how you can flip it and transform it into something else, which I feel is something, the beginning part of something that exploded in our reboot hungry culture Mm -hmm. like i feel like a lot of that starts with alan moore and it also like it redesigns the character like like you know like and now that becomes swamp thing yes you know like alan moore like people are like and he invented swamp thing you're like he didn't he did but (laughs) now we all think of uh, swamp thing as what that guy like uh, one of our first guests on the show was uh, Yannick Paquette. yeah like who, who did the the new 52 swamp thing yes and he was the same thing he's like you don't you don't necessarily go to the beginning. You go to Alan Moore. Exactly. You know, like, that's that's the beginning now. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. And uh, the way he uh, retrofitted st- uh, Swamp Thing and made him 
a super rich character, but also a super franchisable character. I yeah. feel like that has spread out to all of pop culture, and uh, because of that, I think it's an important key text. Awesome. Uh, so our last guest was uh, Andy Belanger, yes, aka uh, the Animal Bob Anger, yes, Bob yes, yes. the Animal Anger, depending on if he's wrestling or doing art. Uh, he had two questions. Yes. The first one is, who is the most fuckable character on Lost? On Lost? Um, this is a great question for Yannick, who loves Lost, but I've never watched it. I, I love <laughs> I'm Lost. Just gonna say you might Hurley. have to defer. It. I have to say Hurley is the only one that I know. <laughs> Hurley. Um, From the Weezer album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like uh, Shannon used a lot of her feminine wiles to get okay. a lot of things in her life, so Kay. I feel like sexually... Uh, sec in, in the bedroom, like she probably has a couple of tricks upper sleeve that makes you go, whoa, I can't live without this woman. Okay. So there's that. And I Shannon would like, get her hooks in you. Yeah, like. yeah. But I feel like uh, Sayed is also a uh, tender and generous lover. So okay. probably Sayed as well. Sayed's up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think we almost universally, when we were talking about it, landed on Sawyer. Yeah. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, if, if I could answer this question. That? <laughs> Terry O'Quinn. Which one's well, Terry O'Quinn? Well, he probably read books about the old man, the old woman. Old man. For oh sure. shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, no. Well, who was know. also a number of people on Lost were also on Hawaii Five O F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's there. shared universe. Sh no, sh <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kurtz Kurtzman Orky family. Uh, I feel it's not shared universe. It's I bought a house in the Hawaii universe. <laughs> That's happened. Andy's uh, follow-up question was, uh, "Where do you go from here?" That's a great question. Uh, where do I go from here? Where do we go from here? Uh, I felt just keep doing stuff that I, I hope that I enjoy and uh, feels authentic to uh, myself. Alex, same question. Where do I go from here? Like right now, I might have another beer and then I'm gonna go home. <laughs> yeah. Um, very literal. I like it. Yeah, very literal. No, wait, I don't know. This is a question that I've never thought about. Like. At, now I'm 36 and I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should think about the future. Fuck you, dude. I turn 40 next month. It's the first time that I've ever Fuck thought off. about this <laughs> in my life. So, you know, it's a good question, Andy Belanger, but I don't know. Um, you tell me. <laughs> I'm going to tell him. I'll be like, yo, Alex wants you to ask. Uh, turn the tables now. You can ask a question. Chris and I will do our best to answer it. Yes. And then we will ask it to our next guest. Not knowing who the next guest is, we haven't booked it yet. So Did we get a question each, or I mean, if you want, I mean, yeah, yeah we get the last. Andy was one person got two, right. so if you want a question each, or if you're like you want to, you want to brainstorm, lock in on one. It's really your call. There's no rules here. I one time I fucked up. One time I got on here to talk about best of Montreal. Yep. And I best of Montrealed my question. And then I listened to it, and they were like, "I don't care." <laughs> Whoever followed up was like not interested in my question, so I'm not. It gonna happens. Do that. Like, yeah, that, it's listen. okay. It's fine. I, no, nothing ever. I stopped uh, caring about Best Montreal a while ago. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to care about it. I, I know you I, work for it. It's your employer. But I finished it this morning, tabulating it this morning. Oh, actually. Um, oh, did we make the list? I can't say. I feel that we, I mean we did not tell anyone at all. Hey, yeah, but the last couple of years. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I'm you got to tell. It's not that close. If you tell someone, you might get a chance. You might have a chance. Yeah. That, I'm just, I'm, this is my exclusive uh, thing here. <laughs> if you tell someone to vote for you, you might have a chance. So, 
You know, it's not Canadian like, entertainment, baby. Yeah. It I don't is. Know, I, I feel that like, flash. While, while you, you guys, while you guys, I don't want you to, to distract you too much about uh, thinking about your question. Yes. But I will say, while you guys think about it, the with the best of Montreal voting. Uh, where I genuinely checked out from it was the pandemic year, where I was just like, we have so much bigger shit on our minds. I was like, I can't imagine to be like, it's weird hey, that it hey. happened. I was like, hey, you, you, you have your, uh, your kids home with you, and you're working from home, and the future is totally uncertain. But hey, do you think I have the best podcast? <laughs> I was just like, I was like, no, I, I'm not telling anyone at all. And then yeah. I just checked out from the idea of campaigning. I have a question that, that there are many related, related to Montreal. Here's my question I'm for ready. the next guest. What, what Montreal institution, landmark, or whatever, do you miss the most? A thing oh. that's not there anymore and that you miss, that you think about, oh, that, you, man. that you would go to. But I mean, like I say, like, the, to me, like, the, the first thing that popped into mind was immediately the Expos. Right. Like, that was like... But it could also be a bar. Or yeah, no, no, for hundred percent. I know there's, there. I know yeah. there's more things, but like the expos yeah. jump to mind, like immediately. Uh, other shit. Uh, Moe's snack bar was the sure. other one next to Dawson because I ate there daily. Chris, do you have anything while we're while Yannick while Yannick ruminates on his question? Uh, I mean, what used to be the rest of Chris, uh, what used to be the rest of Bishop, you know, Embassy, the Comedy Works um, burned down. I'm where? Buddy. <laughs> what is there now? I don't know. Maybe Nothing. this is a sore spot to talk about. Oh, it's just down here. We are here right now. I yeah, it's sad. You look around here. It's This used to be such a vibrant street. Yeah, like Bishop city. is barely a thing it's anymore. It's just condos yeah. and some Like Grumpy's is one of the last Bishop spots. Yes. Like, it's very sad. That's it. But yeah, that's it. I would say Expos and most Snack Bar. Jumbo. And a Comedy Works. Comedy Works for Chris. Yeah, Nick, your question? Uh, my question is, uh, which vehicle you would like to have, dream vehicle you'd like to have, keeping in mind that this vehicle is also a Transformer? Oh, <laughs> Bumblebee. Okay, but hang on. I have questions. Camaro. <laughs> yeah, what I are you talking questions. about? <laughs> I don't have any questions. Keith shouldn't have any questions is either. Is it a Transformer? No, but hang on. Is it a Transformer with a personality, or is it a Transformer like I'm the pilot? Uh, it is a transformer with, uh, that would have a personality, but okay. uh, let's say you think that it's a scooter, uh, that uh, transformer is going to have opinions about you sitting there, your ass yeah, yeah, okay. on their So it's like, it's like a, a transformer, it's a robot in disguise, it's not like a, a pilotable suit. No, no, no. Or whatever. No, okay. So it's like a transformer from the transformer. It's, it's being very kind, if I uh, have to admit, to uh, like lift you all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd go, I'd go, like, I would just. My my dream car has always been a Mini Cooper S. Yes. Uh, and sp if you were like to very specifically the I can't remember the 1970 whatever when it won the Monte Carlo. Yeah. Like that was that that's the that's the car that I've that's always. A, that's that's a that's a uh, bumblebee-ish transformer. Yeah, exactly. Situation. That's it. Yes. And I think it, and I think I'm I'm into that. And I think that it would be like a very fun like British kind of personality being oh, like yeah, yeah. like pop 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 and like whatever and I'd be into it I'd be like oh you I whatever your name is like, Clydesdale I don't know like it's a horse but yeah. you know what I mean like a, Brit a weird British name like a Jeeves or something like a, a, a funny British personality mm -hmm. and it would be like a min like a 1970s Mini Cooper S yeah Mr. Butt yeah exactly <laughs> that's it and he'd be like oh hello Keith and yeah. I'd be like ah, <laughs> you're my car sounds good 
Chris, vehicle? Bumblebee. What are we? Straight bumble Bumblebee Yellow Camaro. That's yellow it? Camaro. First of all, Camaro's fucking sick. And yes. it talks to you on the radio? Whatever, man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll work it out. figures it out for you. <laughs> he figures it out for you. You yeah. have having a dialogue. Yeah. It's fucking Bumblebee, bro. Yeah. B! All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. It's been a long one. Uh, you guys obviously Voyage weekly. Yes. You're already at 157. You're gonna you're gonna pass us because we do bi-weekly. Uh, I guess if I found it, if you just look Voyage de Vue, yeah. yes. you'll find it immediately. Exactly. Yeah. I think the Voyage de Vue.com goes to us, right? Yes, yeah. but if you're on Spotify, you just... It's on Spotify. V-O-Y, it pops up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you and a weird voyeur. Yeah, yeah. Podca- <laughs> a very different podcast. <laughs> a very yes. different podcast. I don't know, I don't know what happens on that one. Uh, Chris, I, you want to... You I know you have stuff coming up, but also there's the fest. Uh, no, we're showcasing for the festival... There's the NDG Comedy Festival coming up in a couple fest, of weeks. Fest, fest, fest. Uh, we got, what do we got? Uh, yeah, let's go to the website. You'll, you'll see, we'll see where we're next. I heard $80 for all the comedy in NDG. $80 gets you a pass for the whole festival, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm not in charge of this festival, so. Okay, you're not going to. I mean, I'm, I'm there, I'm doing shows, but. I was like, you're working it. For any complaints, you got to go see Walter J. Ling. Walter J. Ling is uh, the. Um, at gmail.com. You're like a bouncer. Buy your tickets, though. You're time. like a bouncer for Walter, though. I'm his PR guy. There you go. There you go. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming out. That was I awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um... Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, We really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something a uh, big thank you as always to leland beckman and oral turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show uh walter j ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh christopher vendito lawrence corber and uh, ines anaya uh, all are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh and all of that uh thank you for listening thank you for choosing go plug yourself uh as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.